I'm rather busy. Now he's going to move like right along to McGregor. That's his whole life. You know. So one of the things I try to do when I'm watching these shows, and I'm not always, always successful at it, but I try to put myself in the mindset of, you know, it's 1994 at this point, it's Friday night, and I've cracked open a beer and I'm watching the X-Files, and these two episodes, I'm sh- how much of a holy shit moment were these two episodes <laughs> when they aired? Because I did not expect, these were holy shit moments to me now. Yeah, so, so I... Did not start watching the show, I think, until after these episodes had aired. I think that I started watching the show in the middle of the second season. Okay. So I did not know anything about this. Of course, people also watched television very differently back then. So it didn't necessarily matter all that much. And I think that these two episodes, of course, the first two part of The X-Files does, Dwayne yeah. Barry and Ascension, are... Which I was not expecting because they very cleverly did not call it part one and part two. <laughs> so that that helped. It was very much a, how are they going to, oh shit, you know, kind of moment. Yeah. And I don't know. I think that these two episodes are interesting primarily because of... of we've talked a little bit before in the second season podcast of The X-Files about how the show feels more self-assured, more confident. It feels... Like, it's really doing things and going places that maybe it wasn't in the first season. And these six episodes so far, I think, are... Now, obviously, of course, some of this was due to the fact that Jillian Anderson was pregnant. And they had to find a way to get rid of her for a couple episodes. Because I don't think it's going to be a surprise that she's going to come back at some point. Yeah. She's not gone from the show for the rest of the season, like Samantha. But... It is the case where these six episodes do really feel like they were leading to the logical point of there's one thing I can do. As of right now, I'm reopening the X. Yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, we will talk about Dwayne Barry. We will talk about Mulder as hostage negotiator. We will talk about uh, uh, Scully being kidnapped, where she is, perhaps where she's not. We don't know. And all of these things, cry check. Skinner, everything. But my first question for you is, how do you feel about how quickly or not the X-Files got reopened? That the I can best answer that question with, so how long did it, t- I, uh, we're going to have to spoil DS9 a bit. How long did it take from Deep Space Nine being taken by the Dominion to it going back? That was only a... I think that was either six or eight episodes. I think yeah. it was eight. It feels about the same amount of, number one, turbulence to the world, even though uh, Deep Space Nine's world was a lot more lived in by that point, just based on. But it was such a premise-changing event that they gave the proper gravitas to, and that took long enough. But at the same time, it is premise-changing, and this is only season two of The X-Files. I mean... it's the very show it's the very show's name it's not like the show is called the Mulder and Scully adventures and okay okay well we're closing the x-files permanently and then we're gonna form our own supernatural detective agency like it's no it's 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 within the premise of the show that they are FBI agents and so yes I, I figured it would be opened again that it was opened at this particular moment in this particular way no that that was a very badass line in the context. Yeah, and I I think it's interesting because of your reaction to to Skinner in his first couple of appearances. Because yeah, 
you know, you seem to think he was a company man. You seem to think he was very straight laced and that he was not into the X Files at all. And, you know, I, I kept quiet and I. Yeah. Well, I, I, I kept information to myself, but but he is not that person. Well, I think part the the ending conversation makes it clear that although he was much more sympathetic than I initially thought, I think this the, these there has been a very subtle arc to Skinner over this, and coming at the end when sure. he, when he find I think these episodes have been him largely behind the scenes realizing how just how much he's being bullshitted and lied to, and fi- and. Mulder was right, and, you know, Mulder is beginning to meet him halfway. I mean, let's put it this way. Mulder just doesn't come in ranting to Skinner at the end. He has the report. He has his evidence. He's able to prove his case to to Skinner's satisfaction, which is what Skinner's been trying to get Mulder to do this entire time. Finally, Mulder's played ball a little, so Skinner is kind of meeting him there. And I think that says a bunch for him, too. Uh, Certainly, if he was harder in the beginning of the episode of the season, so was Mulder. Yeah, I I think all that's right because Skinner to me is a, obviously a character that I like a lot, and I, I think you're starting to to like him too. Yeah, Skinner always reads to me as someone who has risen to a certain level in the FBI, and seems to be that he was perhaps a really good investigator. Got sent upstairs. Now he's in charge of of people reading reports, things of that nature, which is why he's so good at he he's very very good at calling people on their bullshit and specifically Mulder on his bullshit and saying, you need more evidence than this. You're not going to be able to prosecute this. This is not going to go anywhere. And he's very hard on Mulder, I think, because he realizes that Mulder is very, very intelligent, very smart, a very good investigator, very observant, but that, and and I don't even think that Skinner is necessarily that hung up on the nature of the X-Files. I, I don't think he really thinks a lot about whether or not the supernatural exists or aliens exist. I think that he is a very evidence-based person, and he's going to go wherever the evidence takes him. Yeah. If Mulder comes to him and says, I have this proof of alien existence, look at it, it is irrefutable, and Skinner agrees, he's going to go, all right, that's fine. What are we going to do with this? So... I like that about Skinner a lot, and I think he's pushing Mulder to be a better agent than Mulder perhaps would be. Not to say that Mulder in the first season was a bad agent, but sometimes he was pretty sloppy. No, I mean, the way that they handle in the second episode where they're treating the alien abduction stuff as, as just Dwayne Barry's delusion. And so he's going to go to this place where he believes that he was abducted by aliens in a way Skinner is handling that conversation where it doesn't matter what we believe actually happened. What matters is what Dwayne Barry is out there. He has killed somebody. He has kidnapped somebody. Where is he? And how do it's, it's as, I mean, I'm remembering Scully's uh, statement in the one with the disabled guy who is possessed by his brother's brain. Oh, uh, um, I don't remember the name of it either, but yeah. But but when she says at the end, like, all we know is Roland. what... Roland, yeah. At, at the end, when uh, all Scully says is, well, all we know what happened is this, this, and this, and that's what happened, and he did it, and we don't know why, because they know they can't evidence-based explain away the psychic frozen brain. Yeah. No, I, I think that's right, and I... I mean, I think that, that essentially Skinner is, is, you know, being hard on Mulder yeah. because his job is to know 
what is better for Mulder than what Mulder thinks is better yeah. for him. If you if you see what I'm saying, and and the other part of Skinner, I think, is right too that that you're real. He is realizing that you said exactly how much he's being lied to, and. Hmm. He is not someone who was afraid to to ruffle feathers. I mean, the fact that it reopens the X Files at the end of the, you know, the yeah. end of the second episode of, of this week is is indicative of that. You know, he yeah. closed the X Files because he was told to close the X Files, and obviously he sees exactly how far this goes. Uh, we don't know who Krychek actually is. Krychek has disappeared. He seems yeah. very, very upset by that. He seems very upset by the fact that uh, the mysterious cigarette smoky man was was using him. And he's like, well, fuck this. Yeah, you're not go, playing go ball. Do, I'm go, not playing ball. Right, exactly. And and I like that about Skinner a lot. Yeah. I think it makes him a very interesting character, and it makes him a, a a point of friction in a show that, that frankly, I think needed one. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I think I see him as trying his best to ignore his gut saying that, these people are lying to you. They're using you. They're not really, and you're not going to get anything out of this either. So really you're just a pawn in the conspiracy and Mulder is really what pushes him over the edge and causes him to actually act. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now moving aside from, from Skinner, what do what do you make of the developments in this episode, particularly talking about Dwayne Barry as an FBI agent his abduction experiences, which may or may not be true. I think yeah. the fact that the show, especially in the second episode, Ascension, where it, it's not clear if what we're seeing yeah. Scully go through is actually happening or that's what Mulder imagines is happening to her. I, I like that ambiguity a lot. Yeah, when he's, and, even when he's investigating her apartment in, in the beginning and he's imagining the struggle that she had he we don't know if that was exactly what happened it's probably fairly accurate but that is in Mulder's mind he's how did this phone get smashed well you know why is there blood on this table well right right exactly and I think that that it's interesting to me that the the show goes to the the alien well so soon after the events of Little Green Men the first episode of the second season but in a way it makes sense right because what else would drive Skinner to so strongly reopen the X-Files basically immediately. And it is the alien conspiracy stuff because, as we see now, they are afraid of Mulder. They want Mulder shunted aside. They have realized that closing the X-Files is not enough, yeah. that the uh, putting Scully on the X-Files was a mistake, that Scully is now gone, right? She is She has disappeared and no one knows where she is. And that Skinner decides that the best way to do that, of course, is to reopen the X-Files because now, you know, Mulder doesn't have his traditional partner in crime, you know, as as Scully is, but he now has the X-Files again. He has the resources of the the X-Files. He has the resources of the FBI. And so he is going to be able to do that and he is going to be able to bring Scully along for the ride again when Scully eventually comes back, as she is going to. Which I will say, uh, if you talk about time frame, I would not be surprised if the next episode she comes back or at the very... I am fairly sure next week we will be covering Scully's return. Again, it's the it's the premise of the show, and they can't jettison the premise this early, and I don't think 1994 was the time where they would tell a story with that much... Uh, distance in between, especially if the implication is that Scully is going to be alien pregnant and that's the, how they're going to 
deal with the fact that she is visibly pregnant at this point in her acting career. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I, 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 well, yeah. No, no, we can talk about about the production stuff because I think that we've kind of you know hinted around it a little bit. Yeah. But but essentially, what they did here, right, is that they're they're using the logical outcomes of the first season and saying, okay, well, they need to close the X Files because of this reasons. It feels dramatically relevant. It feels like the right way to go. And you know, Fox did not want them to do that, uh, but they did it anyway because they felt like it was dramatically relevant, and they went to the mat for that that character beat and or that story beat. And so the the second season comes back, and they're using Scully less because Gillian Anderson is pregnant, which is fine, and that is definitely something that television shows do. And so it 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 very nicely syncs up with with the the direction in which the the meta story is going, right? Because Scully would, of course, not be around as much if the X-Files were closed. Mulder's off doing his wiretapping. Mulder's off doing whatever he's doing. Scully is back at at Quantico teaching. But interestingly enough, they're still talking to each other. They're still engaged in a relationship, a friendship even at this point. And I like that a lot because it, it, A, of course, the, the, the chemistry between Mulder and Scully is, if not the reason to watch all 10, certainly, uh, uh, you know, soon to be 11, 11 seasons of the X-Files. Um, it is it is a very, very strong reason to, to stick with the show throughout all of its run. But it, it goes a long way towards showing that, you know, these characters now uh, like each other, are friends, care about each other, perhaps even love each other to some degree um, in, in, a, in, a, in a way that is divorced from their working relationship. Yeah. Uh, as I said, I think they're starting to be surrogate brother-sister. I mean, the interactions between Mulder and Scully's mother are very, very tender and familial as well. Uh, yeah, and I, yeah. I, couldn't ha- I couldn't remember if they had met before. Uh, I think – I feel like they've met br- they met briefly in maybe Beyond the Sea or something like that, probably around – I mean, that's the only time we've seen Scully's mother, right? Yeah, that was the only episode that she was then, I believe, and I, I think that it's possible that they met then. That certainly, yeah, certainly makes sense to me because he, because Mulder did seem to know who she was, or even as simply on an episode where nothing was happened. You know, oh well, I'm meeting my mother for dinner. Why don't you come, come along? She could meet my FBI partner. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, no, no, there could be uh, an event again that just take took place off scenes. Either way. Um, I mean, the implication is that they don't know each other well at this point, but that uh, Scully's mother is knows how close Scully feels about Mulder and is able to give him that same trust and uh, uh, tenderness, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And of course, that goes a long way towards Mulder really selling Mulder's I guess his almost obsessive quest to get Mm. Scully back to find her in the second episode, because this is not just his FBI partner. This is not just his work colleague. This is his friend. This is his surrogate sister in a way. Yeah. This is his opportunity to make right Samantha. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's also key to the, the, the second episode and how strong it is that, that, you know, yes, Mulder would be very, very devoted and very, very obsessed with finding Scully because of of a number yeah. of reasons that have nothing to do with his sister Samantha. But also, mm-hmm. there is that as well that we know that Mulder is very obsessed with his sister. That is the primary reason why he got involved in the X Files in the first place. And 
he doesn't want a repeat of that to happen again with someone who he cares about. He finds Scully to be very, very important to him, and he wants to get her back. Now, he will get her back. I don't think it's a, a mystery yeah. again that he, she will be coming back to the show, but it, it, it's important that it doesn't happen immediately, I think. Yeah, because we need to have a situation of danger. We need to... I mean, we saw, we've saw we seen how Mulder has gotten with... Um, with Scully just in another area, you know, where they're just not working in the same office and they don't see each other every day. To have her assumedly off-planet and in a very dangerous, painful situation is, uh, uh, again, if they didn't reopen the X-Files in this episode, I think Mulder would be completely lost. At least he has, at this point, at least he has Skinner who's going to keep him on track and keep him making sure he eats and all of that right for right yeah now. yeah exactly because i think Mulder is is going to be pretty out of it yeah for a while I, yeah I think that's the implication yeah now, now let's yeah so so let's talk about uh uh the ways in which Mulder and scully really approach i think in the in the first i mean again like usually when we talk about two partners in the same podcast we're we're not really going to talk about them as separate episodes because it's very difficult to and there's really no reason to so we'll just kind of go between the episodes but in, in a certain sense this is by my count the second or third time that they have had strong irrefutable proof that aliens exist and it's been taken from them yet again now <laughs> Yeah. You, you you could read this in one of two ways. You could read this as Mulder and Scully are incompetent, or you could read this as whatever this conspiracy is that involves the cigarette smoking man and now Krychek, who was able to to get uh, uh, people as impersonating FBI agents, and the, the assistant director of the FBI has nothing to do with it and has no knowledge of it, indicates that they have... They have powerful connections yeah. in, in the government that have nothing to do with the FBI necessarily. That they are just really, really good at covering this stuff up and they don't really care yeah, who that, gets hurt in the process. That's how I'm reading it too. Yeah, they just, they're that good. Again, we, in the pilot, essentially, it's only luck and uh, the fact that Scully just has the evidence in her pocket that get that. And I think at this point, they've learned to compensate for this. And if Scully and Mulder haven't quite clicked onto and if they're on the losing side right now, uh, it's just because they haven't been able to figure out how to turn the tables yet. Well, we know yeah. they are going to probably figure they're going to have some victories soon, I would say, but maybe. Other so, so I guess. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And, I, you know, I guess my question for you is, you know, Scully in the first episode, Dwayne Barry. So the, this character of Dwayne Barry, who is a former FBI agent who was in a, a essentially a, a mental hospital slash yeah. prison. Um had this which we've seen a few of in this series <laughs> yeah that is that is definitely a thing in the x-files this will be a location that's... we get to yeah <laughs> yeah the... oh that place again okay sure i, I get this <laughs> that you know he had this thing happen he was shot in the head or, or something like that and, and it pierced a region of his brain uh he became very violent he he became a pathological liar he lost his family he lost his job it was a bad situation it was just a bad yeah. series of events for this guy Dwayne Barry. And, uh, you know, Scully is very devoted to Mulder. Mulder is in this very precarious situation that CCH Pounder has put him in. Uh, and she immediately rushes to Virginia to, uh, uh, you know, find out what exactly is going on and to tell Mulder and she wants to be there for him. And then, of course, that that turns out to be the way that uh, Dwayne Barry kidnaps her. But 
I guess my question for you is, you know, you've got this kind of idea of this conspiracy as very powerful, as able to uh, kill people, essentially, to to put people in positions of power, of authority all over the place, to, to have people in the FBI that are affecting things greatly. You know, the cigarette smoking man travels between uh, the FBI headquarters and the Pentagon and who else knows, maybe the White House. You know, we don't know. Um, do you believe the evidence that Scully has about Dwayne Barry. I mean, because in my mind, the man has obviously been kidnapped by aliens, but Scully seems to think that he is a liar because of this information about the the problem that he has had uh, uh, with his brain. I don't know if that information is is true. Well, I'll put it this way. Um, after the hostage situation is dealt with and... Mulder's in the hospital and CGH Pounder's talking about the pieces of metal implanted and stuff. You, f- I feel like she she examined enough of what was going on to ask the question, well, was he actually shot in the head too? That would be able to very – at a hospital, they would be able to very quickly tell whether he had sustained the injury. And so I would assume that if if the implication was that he hadn't, they would have figured that out. I don't know. That's my – I, I, yeah. I, my under, my, my view is that yes, he was both shot and kidnapped by aliens and that it's unfortunate that this guy got a really shitty end of the stick or maybe even, isn't it even possible that getting shot is what attracted the aliens to him? I mean, is that outside the realm of possibility? I don't think it's outside the yeah. realm of possibility. And I, I think that, you know, we don't we do have well we do have to kind of grapple with the with the fact that the X-Files of course is a, is of a time and place when these sorts of alien abductions by these yeah. gray you know what they what they would call grays uh was was a, a staple of of American culture and and life yeah. and it is something that is I think hard to remember now if you didn't grow up in that era because people just don't talk about this kind of thing as much anymore it's I mean I'm sure it's still I'm sure people still think they're being abducted by aliens, and I'm sure it's still out there. But... Well, it's like how 10 years ago zombie stories were so fucking huge and popular and everything was a zombie. And you'll still see zombie stories, but they're not as – it's just not right. the trend anymore. So, yeah, the trend was alien stories. The trend is vampires every so often. You know, that that's, like, that's just how it was. Yeah, yeah, I think that's actually a good summation of it. And so, you know, to me, it, you have to say, okay, well, the X Files was obviously tracking in that because it was something that Chris Carter was interested in. Yeah, he was using something that was in the zeitgeist of the time to tell some stories that he wanted to tell. So, Dwayne Barry being abducted by these types of aliens is one thing. Having these types of alien abductions in the universe of the X Files is one thing, but they seem to have a purpose that is outside of what we would consider to be real because part of it is that I don't think that, that some sort of government conspiracy to cover up the fact that aliens exist was a primary feature of the alien abduction myth. Certainly it was part of it, uh, but it was not something that was necessary for the myth to propagate. And so yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you feel like the X Files is is doing enough with the concept that justifies everything else that is sort of ancillary to it? You know, Crycheck, the cigarette smoking man, I that mean, kind of stuff. No, I think I think it's 
I read an interesting review of, of all things, Eyes Wide Shut and talking about, you know, how it, it, it focuses on these super rich people having these weird ritualized orgies, right? And the view of that is that nobody is nobody believes that this is actually happening, but this is a metaphor for rich people are doing these weird, fucked up, horrible things to other people. And this is happening and this is something that you have no access to and it's this mysterious world. I think the point of the X-Files is less that, you know, I think the government is really covering up existence of aliens, but the government covers things up. The government views – parts of the government view their power as absolute and view that they know better for their citizenry and that they have the right to hide the truth. And, I mean, our government's doing that – trying to do that with global warming. That has nothing to do with aliens. It doesn't really matter. Aliens are the MacGuffin. Yes, they're the MacGuffin that was super popular in that day and in in that time. And, you know, again, they were at least vaguely related. Things like Men in Black stories have always been a part of alien narratives. But, I again, I think aliens are a metaphor for just something that the government is hiding. No, I, I actually think that's a, re- a really good summation of it, and I, I, I think that it says more about Chris Carter's worldview, perhaps, than yeah. than anything that is inherent in the story. And I'm saying that for a particular reason because of season ten of the X Files, which we will get to in a while. But and we'll see what happens with season seven of the X Files. I, I obviously have not seen that yet because it is supposed to start filming this this summer. Now, let's talk about Krychek. He is a character yeah. that was introduced very abruptly. It made sense because Krychek need you know Mulder needs a new partner, and he obviously needs someone who is going to play the role of of Scully to some degree. But then he's not who we think he is yeah. at all. One of the things I will say that I like about the way the show is doing, and again, this is this is more talking I, I this is slightly less a cry check conversation and more a the style of storytelling on the X-Files but we don't get any exposition on who Crychek is we are expected to know at this point now yes he's only been in you know was only an episode previously but nobody says and as you know you're pretending to work for Mulder and Skinner but you're really working for just as you know, Deep Throat's replacement isn't given any fanfare I do really re- I like the way that they respect that we're just going to we have been following along but yeah I mean I think that there's a lot to be said for I I keep waiting for a a book or a, a an article or something to to really examine and investigate the changes in television storytelling yeah over over a period of time using examples and and really sort of analyzing it and I think that you know, I'm never going to make one because I don't have the training or the, the frankly, interest to, to do that. But, we could write one but, together. Uh, okay, let's do that. Yay. Uh, that I think that, like we've talked about in the past, The X-Files is a very influential show in yeah. the ways in which it threaded this narrative, these these sort of character beats through the show without really telling you who they were, what they were doing. Now, of course, we're watching this on Hulu. I don't know yeah. if they took the previously ons out. I don't, you know, I don't know if they existed. I don't know if they did that back then. I don't remember if they were, were a, a feature of the X-Files when it was first aired. It's possible that it was and they stripped them out. But 
I do think it speaks to the fact that the X Files part, you know, and we'll, we'll we'll grapple with this. I think as the X Files podcast go on, because the X Files, of course, became this huge top ten hit. That maybe it became a huge top ten hit because it was so dense and because it was so yeah imbued with this sort of 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 respect for its audience i guess well put it this way only a couple only like two three years earlier twin peaks was uh on and that was that was a huge phenomenon too and people went crazy for because it was like nothing else that had been on tv it had this uh continuity that really wasn't done in primetime shows things like that and so even though that petered into nothing a lot of people would say i think that in many ways, when watching this, Twin Peaks really did prime the pump for the X Files, and the X Files was, I think, the for whatever flaws that it may have, I think it was the better done version of the two concepts, just in terms of being a being a critical success, being a commercial success. I think Twin Peaks had more flaws in it. It didn't get, yeah, to, it didn't get to finish really. Yeah, no, I, I think that's right. And I mean, <laughs> part of why Twin Peaks went away is because uh, David Lynch got bored with yeah. it. But, uh, and then Chris Carter never gets bored with the X-Files. I mean, he, he is still not bored of the X-Files <laughs> because yeah, yeah. he's still involved in making new X-Files. <laughs> and and this has been his goal for years, ever since the show was canceled. You know, so I don't know. I think that, that you know, well, we kind of allied to the, the Crycheck conversation. Yeah, but yes. And I don't know that there's a ton to say about Crycheck because, frankly, we just don't know enough about him as a character and i think that we don't really know who the real Crycheck is maybe there isn't a real Crycheck. maybe sure. he is just a bald-faced liar and he is whoever the people that he's with want him to be well, he is obviously know. a plot device well no okay because in this con- he's very frustrated in the cigarette smoking man conversation i mean he literally says why don't we just kill molder and I mean, he he pushes the point because originally he's like, it's, you know, it's not our policy. And he also, this, again, we need to deal with that conversation of why they don't just kill Mulder. And the explanation is this, is that basically at this point, enough people know who Mulder is, that if he gets killed, it's going to look so suspicious. And that it's, you know, it's, they still think there is a chance of discrediting him, edging him out and all of those things. Again, which is another reason that, Reopening the X Files is such a strong stance because it is a backing of everything Mulder is saying. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I get the sense that the original plan for Krychek and everybody might have been that I think they were going to try and kill Scully and blame it on Dwayne Barry, and you know she gets. It's very good for them that Scully is is missing because that leaves Mulder rudderless, which they know. Uh, it's very bad for them that they don't seem to know where she is either because they probably want her dead and out of the picture because she is less uh, famous at this point. And again, she's abducted by a guy and she goes missing. They're going to make their assumptions and she they have plausibility, plausible deniability why she's gone. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, who, I think there's a... that's who I think Krychek wants to be. I think Krychek, I don't know, the... the, the he seems a little too eager to pistol whip the poor operator. I think he has does have some bloodthirst to him. I, I, I don't think that's wrong, and I will leave it at that. Uh, maybe informed by things that are coming down the pike. <laughs> I don't think this this is not going to be the last time we see Christ. Oh no, I know. Uh, I mean, he's he's starting to rail against the fact that he's 
not quite as far along or in charge or his own master as he wants to be, I think. Yeah, that 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 was where I was going with that, is I, I think in that conversation he has with the cigarette smoking man in the car, you know, Krychek is someone who is part of this conspiracy, but he is a low-level flunky, perhaps. He is the muscle. And I think he's starting to realize that while he is okay to do that for a while, he is okay to... to yeah. Uh, be the flunky, be the intern, get the coffee, essentially. He doesn't want to do that forever. And what becomes clear to me is how frustrated he is because the cigarette smoking man is kind of basically telling him that that that's not going to happen. Like, Krychek might even be a little stupid. Yeah, no, he's so smart he becomes stupid, I think, because look at where he is most of his day. He is around Mulder and Skinner and people who are so dumb because they don't know what's really going on. And he's easily effortlessly lying to them and he's got all the cards and he's on the, you know, on the real powerful secretive side. And he is, and he, and people are making him give, get coffee. Even what the cigarette smoking man is telling him to do is the equivalent of getting coffee. Yeah. <laughs> now I, I think the other, the other part of this of course is, is something you said earlier, which is that, the 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 conspiracy that exists. Why don't they just kill Mulder? Okay, yeah. that's a, that's a that's a good question, and I think the show is is smart to. One of the things I appreciate about the X Files, at least you know early on, is that it does not sidestep those questions. It yeah. does ask them, and it does say, "Hey, you know what? This makes sense. Why wouldn't they just kill Mulder?" And and I, and I respect that because I want the show yeah. to be as smart as the viewer because the viewer recognizes those things, and the big questions are going to be problems. Right. And so I, I think that, that if you think back to an episode uh, like the um, uh, the character of, of oh, I forget his name, the NICAP guy, Max. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also think about uh, the, the, the lone gunman, of course. I know your favorite recurring character is the lone gunman, <laughs> who Mulder is somewhat famous. People know who yeah. Mulder is in these circles, in these sort of alien conspiracy circles. Aliens really exist. What is happening? What is going on? Circles. We want to uncover the truth circles. Mulder is kind of their, not their leader, but he is someone who they respect and 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 follow a great deal. So... Why don't they just kill Mulder? I yeah. think they don't kill Mulder because a Mulder is useful because if they can convince and they meaning the conspiracy can convince Mulder that aliens don't exist, that's going to be huge for them, mm. right? Because Mulder coming out publicly or not and saying, you know what? I don't think aliens exist anymore. I think it's all just this. And I have all this evidence that shows that it's not, or I've investigated it for 10 years and I've never really found any evidence that it's real. And it's all this kind of elaborate shell game, right? It's, it's a weapons program oh, that would by be the federal even, government or whatever. That would be even worse for them. Hell, I mean, people think the Pizzagate shooter who found no children in the basement is part of the Pizzagate conspiracy. If Mulder, if Mulder comes out and says there's no aliens, well, they got to him. If they sh- if they shoot <laughs> right. Mulder, they got to him. So really, they just want him. Work- it doesn't matter what they do. <laughs> They're trying to bury him in wiretaps. That's really what they that that was what they tried to do in, over the first few episodes. Just get him so busy and burnt out and tedious that he just gives the fuck up. And especially yeah. without with Scully out of the picture, he is more inclined to give up or blow himself up or do something very dangerous. There are so many ways that Mulder can blow himself up, and I think they're just trying to find the most subtle way of putting gasoline around him. 
Yeah, no, I think that's right. Which makes it so weird that the the, the beginning of this two-parter is Mulder essentially showing up to this hostage negotiation because they called him and said, hey, we want you to come to this hostage negotiation. And Mulder's like, uh, I don't have yeah. any hostage negotiations experience. Which Why I, am I here? Which I will say I found surprising given his previous line as a as a profiler. You would think that there would be a situation where at least one situation where a killer that he knew intimately from his profiling, he would be very much a good person to have this conversation with. But anyway. Yeah, but I th- I think I think that is separate from yeah. the kind the kinds of of experience or techniques that hostage negotiators use. Fair enough. Um, and 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 to be clear, I mean he's not great at it. Yeah, he, he's okay. He's okay at it as soon as they tell him what to do. But once he starts once he starts riffing and improvising, when he has been taken hostage by Dwayne Barry, and you know he's he's making very bad mistakes. Well, the he's, prop- he's asking. Well, he's asking Dwayne Barry if, yeah. if if he if he's lying, and of course that's exactly the wrong thing that you want to say to someone who is mentally unstable. Well, the, I, I mean, I think the thing with Mulder is that it's it's almost unfor- you have to wonder if he was put in this position to fuck up again. But yeah, uh, he because let's put it this way. FBI agent fucks up a case and, you know, all these hostages die. That's a really good way of discrediting Mulder that has nothing to do with. But I mean, it if this had been just any other situation, if this had been the guy that he's been listening to wiretap finally, you know, holds a couple of the strippers he's always talking about hostage and Mulder is sent in to deal with that. It's a non-alien case. He would probably be able to stick to the script because he's able to very clearly see what's going on in this situation. This situation is muddied by the fact that Dwayne Barry seems to have an, have had an experience that Mulder believes in very strongly. And if this guy is a genuine abductee and Mulder believes in genuine abductees, then this is a horse of a different color, really Then everything that he is claiming and the demands that he's making are a little less unreasonable. Yeah, no, I think that's all right. And I, I, I don't know that I have the answer to that. Yeah. I don't know if Mulder was sent here to fuck up. I don't know if Mulder was sent there because maybe CCH Pounder just thought that he would be useful because he had this experience of alien abductions and this guy, Dwayne yeah. Barry, says he was abducted by aliens. Yeah, he's famous it, in the department, you know, some t- second somebody mentioned aliens. Well, actually, no, a really brilliant profile who totally believes in this stuff. Give him a call, that kind of a thing. And it could it could be both, right? I mean, it could be CCH Pounder saying, "Yes, I think <laughs> I want this guy to come," and it could also be uh, the fact that they intimate or they they engineered Mulder going there because they knew he would be discredited. You know, we don't know, and and I think it's to the show's credit that it's able to put these sort of layers on it and have these sort of questions and not have it be answered and still have it be satisfying and have it be dramatically interesting. Well, is it isn't that kind of a trick in a way and i mean this in in the most positive or neutral terms in that we're this is a show that's dealing with shadowy conspiracies and nobody has the full picture and you know what's going on in mystery and everybody's lying and so if we have three different scenarios as to how a character could have gotten there in the first place that only adds to the very confused and cryptic vibe of the rest of the show yeah, no, I, I think that's true. I, I mean, that's true. Certainly, when uh, Janice from Friends says, "Oh, my 
my friend knew you on the tombs case. You know, there is no mystery there, you know, and that was fine for the episode. But that's definitely around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I actually think it's interesting that that, that that character is so weird because I don't know that that character would really feel uh, – that character would feel out of place in the second season of this show. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe the last thing to talk about before we wrap this episode up is so so Scully uh, is at the uh, supermarket uh, uh, buying a, a tremendous amount of groceries for eleven dollars and fourteen cents, buying a jar R- of pickles and paying with a check. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> R.I.P. nineteen ninety four when you could buy fifty dollars of groceries oh for eleven dollars and fourteen cents and pay for it with a check, but. And I don't know that you can really answer this question, and I don't know that there's a lot to talk about right now, but I just want to raise it as a, as an interesting point, is that, A, do you believe that Scully was abducted by aliens or not? Or do you believe the conspiracy abducted her and is pretending that she was abducted by aliens? And and the, the follow-up question to that is, what do you think that's going to do to Scully? Because either way... She was abducted by either aliens or people that were pretending they were aliens. Well, I do know that pregnant Scully with some kind of a thing is a thing. I I have no idea how that plot point gets resolved or even developed, but... I mean, they would. Let me put it this. I way. mean, let's put it. Let's put it this way: that Jillian Anderson was not going to be pregnant much longer because yes. yeah. that was her real pregnant stomach, and she was very pregnant when <laughs> they filmed that scene. I do feel like they wouldn't do. They wouldn't have gone through the bother of doing that particular shot if it was just a fantasy sequence and just a kind of a little in joke with the production. Given where and to fool the audience, I don't think they would have done that. So when we see her, she is either going to be pregnant or have just delivered a baby. So whatever happened, whoever did that, that happens. And I think part of this episode is beginning to suggest that there is not that much of a difference. Again, there are some kind of government agent men in black types that seem to be following Dwayne Barry around. So certainly there is a, and, and at this point the show has sold me on, there are 500 shadow governments within the government. And so at least one of them is pro alien working with the alien. We yeah, know, yeah. We, we know that from the season, from uh, the, 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 the Erlenmeyer flask though. Yeah. That that is true, yeah, and, and we and you know speaking of the Erlenmeyer flask, we we have yet another appearance of of the new Deep Throat, yeah, who doesn't really give Mulder any help, but just says, "Hey, this guy is not going to be able to help you anymore." So, yeah, it's I again this this his p- presence in this episode was just a hey, remember I exist, but it's good to have the reminder. Yeah, but I also I mean I I agree with you that yeah. it's hey I still exist, but I also think that that. Him showing up in that mm. particular moment is trying to show the audience or tell the audience that Mulder's options are are closing. Yeah. And Senator Matheson is not going to be able to help him anymore, or at least not in this way. And frankly, I, I it also does suggest that Deeper Throat may be not quite so callous as he claimed that he was in his first appearance because... He didn't need to make the trip out to the senator's office either. You know, Mulder could have just knocked on the door and 
Right. No one was answering. Like all he did was so you know. Now, of course, this doesn't preclude the possibility that Deeper Throat is lying, but I don't, you know, know if that's where the show's going with it. I don't think that's where it's going with it. But I don't well, know. We'll just have to find. We'll have to find out where it goes with that. I mean, really, the show has genuinely made me believe that. Really, when Mulder says it, and when Scully says it, as long as they're not compromised by certain emotional events in their lives or they're being manipulated they probably mean it and i realized like that just means that i can't trust a fucking thing on this show <laughs> <laughs> well I, I i think the show is starting to work for you it sounds yeah. like it is i mean i guess I you were well one thing that i you know didn't even bring up is you know why don't they kill him well Mulder can so easily be manipulated too like well, yeah, how many times true. has he been has he been manipulated in this series you really just need to push him slightly and he'll go off on his own and so that's they can control Mulder. yeah yeah all dogs are aliens Mulder. oh my god oh well the last thing i want to mention before we wrap this episode of the podcast up i would be very remiss if i did not mention briefly david duchovny in a speedo do you how hard do you think he lobbied to have that shot i don't <laughs> care because he got that shot probably so. not very <laughs> all right well if you have any thoughts on either of these episodes Dwayne barrier ascension please leave a comment on the post for this episode of the podcast at tuninginshow.com you can check out our patreon at patreon.com slash show if you would like to give us a little bit of financial support if you enjoy our podcasting endeavors coincidentally enough it also supports our other podcast trek about we are in the second season of star trek voyager this week we are talking about the episodes tattoo and cold fire Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are on all those places. Tuning in show is our username, so please go follow us, share us, like us, whatever things the kids are doing these days. Just don't Snapchat us because neither of us understand what the point of Snapchat is. I don't even have one. I'm never going to have one. No, you can't make me. All right, I'll download it. And as always, please leave us an iTunes review for tuning in. It is the best way for new people to find the show, and it makes us feel good. Next week, we are going to be talking about the X-Files episodes three, the letter three, the number three. Not, it's not a letter. It's a number. But it's like number episode three. seven or eight. It's very confusing, I know. And one breath. Mac, why do you...